Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good vibes, everyone. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle, and I'm your host, the Vibrarian. And every Tuesday, we're here at 9 p.m. on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. And we're here every week to talk about people who are sharing with their journey, discovering their psychic gifts and abilities. Now, you can tune in to this show through the live streaming interface on blogtalkradio.com slash the vibrary, T-H-E, V as in vibe, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-Y. And there you'll find a schedule of all of our programs on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the various shows and the upcoming broadcast schedule is available for you to take a look at. You can also subscribe to this show in iTunes as a podcast. I'm really excited about that. And then also you can check out the archive of previously recorded interviews on the Vibrary YouTube channel. Now, I don't have a channel name yet because YouTube says I don't have enough subscribers yet, but you can click on over to YouTube and search for the Vibrary and go ahead and subscribe and take a listen to all of the interviews that we've had on the shows in the last few months. I'm having a blast getting to talk to the most amazing and interesting people, and I think that you will find that their stories are as fascinating as I do. Now, I'm also putting together a community of like-minded people that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. And you can connect with the Good Vibe Tribe through my Facebook page, my Instagram, and also on Twitter. And my goal is to spread information that is uplifting and positive, that will put a smile on your face, encourage you when you're dark and down, and basically just be a light for people to gather around and share. So you can connect with me on any of those platforms by using my handle, which is at the vibrarian, and that's T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And, yes, I did used to be a librarian uh, in my corporate life, but now I'm trying to work with high-vibe information and spread it to all the people who I possibly can as the vibrarian. So I hope you'll connect with me. If you see something that you think needs to be passed on to those around, make sure you put a hashtag Good Vibe Tribe or go ahead and tag me in it because I want to share your messages because we all can do so much better when we try to do better together. Now, you can call in to tonight's show at 646-668-8988 and take a listen through the phone. And if you have any questions at any time or comments that you want to make, then you can certainly press the one key, and that will let me know that I've got a caller in the queue who wants to come on the air. Now, I will tell you, a lot of listeners know that some of the guests on the show do provide psychic readings after their interview. Um, I do want to let you know that we are going to be offering a complimentary readings with our guests this evening. However, that will not happen until the last segment of the show. So make sure you tune in for the story that we're going to hear about this evening. I'm so excited to welcome tonight's guest. She is well-known here in the Atlanta psychic community. And I, I say well-known because at least half the guests that I've had on the show this year have mentioned her in one way, shape, or another as being someone they've either worked with, learned from, who's given them good advice, or that they think is just really an amazing psychic. And so I'm really so excited to be able to welcome Glenda Emery to the show this evening. Glenda, welcome, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. How are you? 
Thank you very much. I am very excited to be here. All those compliments just make me flush. <laughs> well, it is really wonderful to have the esteem of your peers. For one thing, it's like if yeah. you're the psychic psychic, that's a that's a pretty good thing to say. And when people are saying they've learned a lot from you, um, so are, how long have you been actively then a professional psychic in the Atlanta uh, community? Full time, seven years. Okay. And so you uh, were you acting as a part-time psychic before you dove in full-time? Is, or was that kind of, did you just well, bust on the scene? It was, <laughs> it was kind of one of those things that I've always had abilities. I, I, you know, I grew up in a very weird household that was haunted, and my mom healed burns with just touch. So I grew up with stuff like this. I just never really delved into it. And I had, an, uh, you know, kind of a very rapid awakening that all of this that I tried to kind of stuff to the side, you know, spirit was like, no, no, you can't do this anymore. You've got to do what you're supposed to be doing. And boom, everything was on. And they just kind of turned the volume up and took the knob away so I couldn't turn it back down. Um, so I jumped in feet first and studied, had a mentor, um, and started soaking up as much information as I could and practicing so I could learn how to control it versus it controlling me. Okay. I mean, that had to be very interesting because a, a lot of people talk about being a child and needing to repress their gifts because of their home environment. But for what you're saying, if you're witnessing healing in real time and apparitions or, or hauntings of discarnates in real time, that's pretty. Uh, that's kind of different from what most people say their young experience is. Do you find that it, it sure kind of helped you? Did it help you later to embrace everything that it was not a family? It wasn't a stranger in your family, or was it just completely disconnected from the two pathways by the time you discovered your full well, abilities? Yeah, my mom kind of never really mentioned it. Um, we never talked about it. Um, I didn't find out till when I was an adult that, oh, by the way, yeah, our whole family is like this. Uh, mm. So. It, I, it just is what it is, and then when I was growing up, it was just, oh, yeah, just, you know, that's okay, don't don't worry about that, and we never really discussed it. So all the learning that I had to do and understanding it came very rapidly um, when my awakening happened. So your awakening sounds like it was one of those um... – I don't know, lightning striking from above kind of experiences? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was literally one day I was one person, and the next day I was completely different. Wow. So this was then preceding your seven years of uh, being professional, or about how long ago was this? Yes. Um, that was uh, about a year before that. So what was the nature of this radical moment well i i be honest um i met a a person that catalyzed me um i i met someone that you could possibly classify as a twin flame um meeting this person unlocked everything like in an instant 
And I had no clue what that was about or why, Um, you know, I still question it to this day of, of, you know, why the heck did that happen then? And you said this was about eight eight years ago, you said? About seven and a half, give or take. Okay, so there there really wasn't any. When when I say I jumped in, I jumped in. Uh, Within six months of my having a mentor, I was was in doing readings, doing healings. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, uh, went in and had an office um, and... You know, I've been working it ever since. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking that, you know, seven, eight years ago, there was not a lot of content out there about twin flames. But now it's no, a hot wasn't. topic on every blog. So I imagine it was very different to experience it on the early side of the awakening without there being a lot of uh, information because that one of the things that I have read is that it is a trigger for psycholog- um, for psychic gifts to fully open when you meet that catalyst oh, yeah. uh, of yourself. Yeah, yeah, zero That's to a- 400 in, in a split second, uh, yeah. That's so exciting, you know, that Twin Flame Talking has been a conversation that we've had uh, on the show before as well as on our Thursday show we had a whole episode dedicated to unraveling the whole twin flames and divine counter kind of experience from what Mm -hmm. is known as of right now. So I think that's so interesting that your flowering happened at that time, you know, in relationship to that. Now, what Mm -hmm. did you experience in terms of your psychic gifts when you woke up the day after, I guess if you would say, your awakening? What was the difference for you? It was, I felt things that I'd never felt before. Um, It magnified everything. I I knew things. I didn't know how I knew them. Um, The downside of it for a while, going out in public was impossible. Um, Mm -hmm. Going out in public, I was so anxious and would just about have panic attacks because the amount of energy and information that I would be bombarded with was overwhelming. And I, at that point, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to filter it. I didn't know how to protect myself and shield from the bo- being bombarded by so much stuff. Um, so that part of it was very unpleasant um, because I, I'm a, I like people. Um, I like mm-hmm. going out and having fun. And at the time, you know, my husband and I were, uh, we were taking salsa lessons up in Athens. And I couldn't do that anymore because if there were too many people in the bar, I I completely would lose it, and I'd have to go sit in the car. Um, So that part wasn't fun. And it forced me to learn how to manage it, though. Now, this would be probably, it sounds like it was a little bit more spectrum than just your typical empathy. So you were right. actually, were you like receiving claircognizance or clairaudience or what kind of Everything. energy was it? Oh, Everything. Wow. It was, I could see stuff, hear stuff, feel stuff, know stuff. It was everything. Um, and it was all mm-hmm. at once. And it was like a, you know, revolving, you know, door that just kept opening up. And I never knew what was going to come through it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, it did. I, I That was when I started having my first experiences with dark energies and mm-hmm. kind of being batted around like a, like a toy, um, which mm-hmm. that didn't work for me. So it, it really forced me to dig deeper and figure out how to, how to manage, how to take care of myself as an empath and as a psychic um, because I was not functional in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That sounds very intense. I, I call to mind like movies when you see people who receive some kind of miraculous surgery to repair their eyesight or their hearing but they really respond in an opposite kind of way because they're not used to how loud or how bright the world is once those senses are fully functioning. So it seems like it was like everything just bombarding you, hearing airplanes and cars and motors and electronics Mm -hmm. only in, in people. (laughs) <laughs> you yeah. Know from yeah, you know, That's... yeah, going out to to lunch or dinner and and they're, you know, seeing someone's dead relative that's standing there wanting to talk to them and I'm going, I don't notice you. I'm looking everywhere else <laughs> with them. I don't notice you. I'm not doing this in here. Um so yeah, it was it was a very interesting experience um that I wouldn't change for anything. Mhm. Now, so you receive, uh, you know, most people are becoming familiar with through this show, at least the Claire's, the Claire Cognizance, Claire Sentience, Claire Voyance, Claire Audience, Claire Gustance. Do you experience all of them equally when you're using your gifts, or do you have a stronger way of receiving your information? I would say um, Claire Audience and... Mm-hmm. Um, that one is really strong, and so is clairvoyant. Um, and then I would say that the the next runner-up would be just clairsentient, um, that just mm-hmm. I know and I don't know how I got that information. I just do. Mm-hmm. So after and it kind you of discuss- floats back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone kind of says, that the lines get blurred because you wind up mm-hmm. using all of them in, in totality. It's like um, saying that your hand operates separate from the body. You know, it does what a hand does, but it does it in conjunction with your arm and your wrist. So all of your clairs kind of uh, work together to get your messages. So after you have this awakening and you're realizing, okay, it's really challenging for me to go out in the world what was your next step in terms of trying to unravel what your new reality was? Well, I wanted to learn what I was. Why am I the way I am? And it's one of those things I was in um, a local metaphysical bookstore, and it's one of those things you ask and you receive. Well, I was, okay, Mm. I need to know something. I'm in their book section, and I'm like, why am I the way I am? Um, because at that time I was very sick with autoimmune and had been um, medicated nearly to death. And I mm. had decided I was not taking medication anymore because it was killing me and it wasn't helping. Mm. So I'm walking through there, I'm, I'm perusing the books, so I'm like, I really need something to help me figure this out. I, I'd like to know what I am so I know how to fix it and what to do about it. 
And literally mm-hmm. this book falls off the shelf, and mm. <laughs> it was a book about being an empath. And I was like, what is an empath? You know, and the cover was really pretty rainbow colors, and, you know, it was definitely one of those that stood out, and it, it appealed to my artist's eye. And I start, mm-hmm. you know, perusing some of it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is totally me. And so mm-hmm. I bought the book, and I went home, and I think it took me one evening to read it because I was mm-hmm. so in, engrossed and so interested that I didn't put it down. And it literally answered everything of why I was so sensitive, why I didn't want to go out in public. But it also gave me ideas and tools to, to understand, okay, how do you work with this and how can you live a normal life and be like this? Mm. So now, I, you, I, I put those things into, into play. Now, when you, you know, first are starting then to deal with just the empathy, was it being approached from the psychic standpoint or more from a, I know you were, said you were at a metaphysical bookstore, or was it kind of, because sometimes I see empathy kind of parceled off instead of being like clairsentience. It's it's talked about in more of a mainstream kind of way, if you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. only some books that take the, the stance that it is a psychic uh, experience or a psychic energetic experience rather than a different, uh, more vanilla, if you, <laughs> if you will, experience of it. Did it yeah, kind of make yeah. the bells ring and say psychic, or were you still kind of just dealing with it? Like no, I just feel it other totally, It was totally just energy. Um, mm-hmm. I had already started at that point working with um, a local psychic um, who, as it turns out, I was actually having a reading from her, and she goes, oh, my, you need me. And I'm like, okay, you know, you need my money. And so it really struck me as, okay, is this lady for real? She says, no, you're getting ready to go through an awakening, and you're not going to know your head from your tail if if you don't have someone to guide you. And Mm so, you know, we agreed on a price and and a set number of times per month that we would meet. And so I was already focusing on that aspect um, with her help. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the impact side of it wasn't her strong suit so I was still searching and looking for things that would help me with that Um, even though at that point I didn't have a name for it Um, so what the book did for me was it gave a name to it and it kind of satisfied that need within me of the why I'm I'm one of these I will will research and I will pick it to death until I know why (laughs) once I know why I'm good I can let it go, um, and, and I can move on to the next thing that I want to know why. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, my mom said that was my favorite word as a child. Why? Oh. Why? <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And uh, it, it helped answer. Well, what is this, and what can I do about it? And then it was just through practice of some of the suggestions in the book and finding things on my own and playing with it and seeing what worked and what didn't um, to where I, I eventually was able to go back out in public and, and be fine, um, not be drained and not have any anxiety. Now, you mentioned that you were having some illness. Do you see mm-hmm. any corollary between your gifts 
your illness, your awakening, and subsequent? Absolutely, absolutely. And that was one of the things that reason I was searching because I knew that if medication didn't help me, and I knew I was mm-hmm. very sensitive to medication um, because the normal doses would blow my system out. Um, they, mm-hmm. would, they always had to give me smaller doses and build up very slowly for my body to not have severe reactions. And having the, the, the lupus and rheumatoid diagnosis, um, mm-hmm. I knew that something else had to be going on. Um, mm-hmm. So I that book really said, okay, hey, it's not, you're not technically sick, it's energy. Mm-hmm. And here is what mm-hmm. you do about it. You stop eating these foods, mm-hmm. take these supplements, do these exercises, and literally within three days, all my symptoms stopped. Wow. Like, I was completely just to ask you. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. And I went from having medication, like IV medication every four months, um, to, you know, the four-month mark came, and I'm like, okay, I don't need to schedule my appointment. Six months comes. And the doctor calls and says, uh, are you going to come in? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm good. Um, if I if symptoms come back, I'll call you. And a good 18 months later, she finally calls me and goes, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Are you all right? I said, I'm great. Uh, and this mm. is what I've done. So she's actually implementing some of the things that I did with her patients to weed oh, wow. out the ones that don't need medication. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's a, a wonderful, I, you know. But I've literally, through energy work and through diet and through healing the my past traumas, um, be it past life or childhood or whatever, um, because those do affect the physical body over the long term, I now can say I have a, a negative diagnosis. All my blood work mm. is normal. That is um, really I, I wonderful. Show, I know. Doctors like, okay, I don't know how I'd, you did this, I know you had mm-hmm. autoimmune because I tested you myself, mm-hmm. and now you don't have it. He, he's like, I'm baffled. Hmm. <laughs> I uh, love baffling traditional science, you know. That's, uh, uh, don't you? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, to be labeled a miracle or spontaneous recovery with no explanation, yes. to me just exactly. puts a score one for the divine and spirit, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Um, well, I've been medication-free uh, almost seven years now. Wow. You know, I think yeah. that so much of what people experience, one of, you know, one of the goals of the show is to allow people to hear other experiences so that they can hopefully recognize something that maybe they've experienced that they have maybe miscategorized or been unwilling to look at to say, you know, maybe there is something in me that also has the same psychic ability or gift because of, I've had mm-hmm. this similar situation, but I never considered that or, you know, et cetera. So to know that outside of mainstream medicine, if one is experiencing, you know, a significant illness, to start to look at the ways that uh, the dis-ease or, you know, the energy of your reality could be influencing you because so much times people just run to the medication 
I mean, it's a big thing that you were sensitive to the medication in itself. Your body was like, nope, that's not what we need. You know what I mean? Because right. other people might have been deadening their abilities then for decades in an effort to just manage, um, you know, um, an illness situation. Right, right. Well, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the the empath and the psychic are very tied together, um, especially mm-hmm. if you are a healer. Um, mm-hmm. It helps you connect on a deeper level with your clients, um, so you get a different perspective with that person. You know them on a deeper level, um, but it being that connected and that sensitive, you you know you absorb all kinds of energies that really doesn't belong in your body. And I think that's where we get sick is because we have so many different energies that are flowing through us at any given time that it takes a toll on the physical body. And I know a good, now I would I would bet 90% of empaths are uh, have some sort of autoimmune disease. Because mm-hmm. every, every psychic that I know um, has some sort of autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and unfortunately, very my my first mentor is bedridden um, because of the the amount of energy that she's been exposed to and not cleared. Now, when you talk about clearing and then learning to be able to go out again after a period of adjustment, what is it that you? learned or or shifted in how you began experiencing the outside world that then enabled you to re-engage? Well, I had to learn um, that I can control the energy that flows through me, that that is something that through practice and through your own will, you can change the type of energy that flows through you. So I have, I, I learned that I could flow different light colors through me, different frequencies mm-hmm. through me that would flush out my system, um, that would, you know, because everything done with intention is much better than just doing it blindly. So I did mm-hmm. things with the intention of releasing what was not mine and filling myself back up with good, clean earth energy and universal source energy. Um, So Mm -hmm. everything was harmonized and clear. And I, you know, I still, I have to do that every single day. If I don't do Mm -hmm. it, my vibration drops and I get sick, Mm. physically Mm. sick. Um, So it is imperative if I want to feel good every day, I have to do some energetic hygiene. And it was really mm-hmm. playing around with it, different colors, different, um, you know, calling on different ascended masters, different angels, um, and using different techniques that I would come across. I, you know, I kind of discovered, oh, well, this combination is very effective. And mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, foreign energy. It's we have conscious energy around us. And I know there's a lot of people, it's, all love and light, and, and, and there is no dark if you don't give it attention. But the people that I come across that seek me out for help did not ask to have an encounter with dark energy. It just happens. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have to be mindful of clearing that away as well. 
um, because that the negative stuff really physically affects us very detrimentally on a uh, very physiological level. It will do very, very damaging to the body, um, both organs and cellular. Now, so when you talk about the energy then of negativity that people might encounter, what what does this look like in terms of people's experiences? Well, typically people that, that come to me, um, you know, most of them, I, I will admit that they are very, um, consider themselves Christian, um, you know, they're very, they're church-going people. So this this came, a lot of people that I've worked with have never had any spiritual exposure other than church. And so mm-hmm. the first place they go to seek help because, hey, all of a sudden I've got stuff moving around my house. All of a sudden I'm having nightmares. I am sick. Stuff's breaking around the house. I can't think straight. Um, my behavior is weird and I can't control myself and I don't feel like I'm me. Um, the church, unfortunately, doesn't. most of them are not capable of handling this because it's not talked about. And a lot of, a lot of parishioners get shunned because they assume that, that, that they're being affected because they're doing something to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't ask for it. Um, it literally just hits them, and it's luck of the draw, however you want to call it, that they run into mm-hmm. it or it finds them, and then they're stuck with it until they get help. And it can be pretty scary, the physical manifestations of bruises, scratches, being choked, um, being pulled out of bed, being pushed around, um, you know, it, it can get really violent and very scary and very traumatic. Um, and a lot of people feel very lost because they've been told there's nothing that can be done or that they're bringing it on themselves, like they're doing something to deserve it. And and that's typically the condition that I get them in. Um, you know, I get the cases that other people don't want. So... What is, how would you classify the types of negative and energetic or energetic beings that people are uh, coming across or that are coming across them? Well, you can have anything from a disincarnate spirit that is used to be a person. They just, you know, they're minus the body now. Um, we are in death as we were in life. If we were nasty and angry and mean in life and we don't cross over fully, well, we stay the same. We just don't have a body to express ourselves. So we express ourselves in other ways. Um, And because I think some of them, because they don't have a body, kind of take things further because nobody can see them and nobody can actually physically get a hold of them to stop them. So they take advantage of that. So it's, you've got those earthbound spirits that were human. Um, you've got things that were not human. And there's different categories of them. Some of them I consider demonic. Not everything is demonic that's not human. Um, you've got varying earth spirits that can get upset. Um, I had one case that they, I told the family, don't cut that tree down without some sort of ceremony, without some sort of respect and honor, do something mm-hmm. with the wood. 
to honor that tree before you cut it down. They didn't, and all heck broke loose in their house. Mm-hmm. And I told, okay, so now you've got to make amends for how that tree was taken down. Um, mm-hmm. And and diff- it's just different things like that. I've run into things that, as odd as it sounds, because it even sounds odd to me, that, that they would consider them an alien. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're not nice. Um, but there's there's all there's a host of all kinds of things out there. Most things are good. Most things are either good or they don't care what we do one way or the other. They're just doing their thing. We're doing our thing. And if you leave me alone, do what you want to do. But there are definitely things out there that uh, that would like to stop us from being happy. And especially if you're a light worker or a healer, um, we are targeted more than someone who is not awake just because of we provide um, help and relief and we help people feel better. And there are definitely things out there that don't want us to do that because they want the misery and the chaos because that's what they feed off of. So for the average person who might be listening to the show who says, dang, I didn't even know that could happen. I was just minding my business. And next thing I know, I feel like I got some kind of energetic attachment. Like what is something mm-hmm. that an everyday person can do to be, I don't know, aware or protected or alerted to some potential? Right. Well, I think most people, I, I liken it to people have a, a spiritual immune system just like we have a physical immune system. And there are some people that will never encounter any of this because even though they're awake and aware, they have an impeccable spiritual immune system. So these kinds of things can't get near them. Um, People that are very high vibrational will never have any of this come near them Um, because you have to be a vibrational match for these things to get in and for them to attach and affect you. Um, so working on raising your vibration, being happy, um, mm-hmm. being joyous, no matter what's going on in your life, instead of complaining and focusing on the negative, focus on the positive. Um, mm-hmm. Learning to clear your energy. Uh, I love, I use a technique um, called the violet flame. Um, mm-hmm. That is purifying it's purifying, it's very pure, it's very high vibrational. And by allowing that and visualizing that flowing through you, through inside your physical body, not just around it, mm-hmm. inside, because they get inside of us. They worm their way in like parasites. And that violet flame burns them off. Um, so it makes them leave and it dissolves any particles that are left. Um, mm-hmm. Meditating. That is meditating, moving, like yoga, uh, qigong, tai chi, dance. All of this helps to release energy. And then, you know, grounding and shielding is also another very important factor that is, is something you got to do every day. And all mm-hmm. of this is like a muscle. In the beginning, mm-hmm. it's not going to work very well. It'll work a little bit because there's intention there. But the more energy you put behind it, the more focus you put behind it, the better you get at it, 
the bigger your spiritual muscles get and the more finely tuned your spiritual immune system gets. And so you will recognize, ooh, so I just encountered something I need to clear myself versus, oh, something's attached and I can't get it off. Now i got to go see somebody. And that would be true, I guess, even if you have a coworker who has a bad attitude. You know, if you've got yes. yourself uh, grounded and shielded and protected, then you're going to bump away or repel other kinds of encounters right. that may not be as so scary right. as, you know, a negative entity experience. You right. Know? right, right. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be a negative entity. Sometimes our, our past relatives, if, if they haven't crossed over, sometimes they'll plug into us. Um, to, to be able to stay where they're at. Um, so sometimes you can have that happen and you've got to disconnect them and send them on to the light um, because that's not, that's not healthy. Um, we need to have our own energy and not have it siphoning off to other people and other things. Mm-hmm. Now, when and you, I will tell um, you, Joel, if, if you, know, you hear attachment, someone says, ooh, you have a negative attachment and I have had experiences that people look down on other healers and other people for having an attachment. But I will tell you that if you don't consciously work on not having them, you've got them whether you, you want have them or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I know, um, you know, many of the Reiki practitioners that I'm, are in my circle and in the psychic circle all talk about, you know, cords and attachments and scanning your your aura for any or Mm -hmm. even having aura photography to show where you might have a leak in your aura pulling Mm -hmm. energy away from you i think the term energy vampire is much more common these days when people you know are are more familiar with the concept and more on guard about it but it really uh, most people probably aren't thinking about it from a fourth or fifth dimensional perspective. They're just saying, you know, these are individual living people who are sucking my right. energy when I'm around them. You know, that's well, one thing about I like. It, is if, that, if you if you're an energy vampire, and there's some people that know they are, they know it, mm-hmm. and they don't care. That's the way they get their energy, and they're fine with it. Um, They seek out people that are high vibrational to feed off of. Um, But imagine you die. You choose to not cross over. You were a vampire in life. You're still a vampire in death. Now you just have unlimited access to whomever you want and whoever attracts you. Whoever attracts you. So, yeah, there's, there's a whole host of things that can trip us up um, if we're not mindful. So a person who comes to you that, like, in, in as you're explaining it, you're saying a vibrational match. If I have gotten a, a poltergeist or a spiritual attachment that's breaking things around my house or, you know, making itself known to me or tormenting me in some kind of way to cause uneasiness and fear. Mm-hmm. The part about like what it almost seems like a spiritual I don't, I don't know what the word is, but if, if it, it caused me to look twice at myself to say, well, what did I do then to attract this? 
low vibration if I don't feel like I'm low vibration? Yeah, oftentimes um, drug and alcohol use, um, we have zero defenses. Uh, So you could go to a party and have a couple of drinks, have a wonderful time, but there happened to be something at that party that was hanging out, feeding off the energy of what was going on that happened to see you and liked your energy and followed you home. You did nothing wrong. Um, if you, hospitals are, are notorious for having dark energy entities because they feed off. The, hospitals are not happy places. There's mm-hmm. misery. There's death. There's pain. There's anguish. There's anger. And those energies feed off that. That's their food. And mm-hmm. so you, you work there or you go there. It, it, it's, it's just a matter of, ooh, you have very delicious energy. And mm-hmm. I want to continue to taste you because I like the way you taste. So I'm just going to go home mm-hmm. with you. And most people don't think when they enter their house, they don't think of clearing the energies that they brought home with them. They just walk right on in. And so mm-hmm. stuff comes in with us. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the times people, have, I would say in 90% of the cases that I've handled, they had nothing wrong. They did nothing okay. to ask for it. Now, you know, you take out the Ouija board, and I know I'll probably get some people fussing at me that, <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. But it's any divination tool that you mm-hmm. don't use in the proper way and don't use proper setup and proper shutdown is going to open portals. It's going to open doorways for things to come into your house. Those mm-hmm. kinds of things, yes, you did something to invite it in. Um, but most cases, no, just wrong place, wrong time, and you happen to be noticed, and it, it followed you home. And, and once they get in, they're very hard to get out for the most part. In your home, you mean? Yes, in your or, home. Or and, in your you know, they're, and sometimes, you know, in the energy, it requires someone to do um, an extraction, a removal. If you want to call that an exorcism, that's, you know, whatever. But it's basically something that doesn't belong in you that doesn't want to go, and you mm-hmm. need a professional to pull it out and get rid of it um, because mm-hmm. it will flat take over your life. Now, I'm a person who is in a being tormented in some way. And I call up Mm -hmm. your number. I'm Googling for spirit extraction or house clearing or something, and I find you, and I call you. Mm -hmm. What happens Mm -hmm. at that point? Well, first I'm going to have a, a very honest and frank conversation with you, find out what are your symptoms, what is going on that you're, you're being bothered by. Um, because I'm psychic and I connect with energy, I'm going to really, I'm going to feel first, what is it? Is it human? Is it non-human? Is it just something that's really ticked off and is throwing a fit? Or is it, is it something darker? I, I, I will feel that and I kind of diagnose what the problem is. Um, and from there, I ask questions of, okay, I'm seeing this. Did this happen? 
and, mm-hmm. it, you know, we go from there. So it's basically kind of forensic, spiritual mm-hmm. diagnosing. I, I pick mm-hmm. apart and figure out where it happened, where it comes from, because sometimes they're ancestral, and you get it whether you want it or not, um, because mm-hmm. it follows up the bloodline. Um, those you really can't help because it's blood-related. It's, it's tied to your family. Um, mm-hmm. And then I make a recommendation of, okay, so I have one coming up um, over this weekend on Friday that it's unfortunately affecting three members of this household, and it is affecting them deep enough that I determine they need exorcisms. So it's okay. three exorcisms and then a full house clearing, plus there's aftercare and homework for them to do. Um, so mm-hmm. to make sure that this never happens to them again, because it's one of those once you have been noticed by stuff like this, you're vulnerable if you're not careful. So that's why I mm-hmm. like to empower them and give them tools so they know how to clear their house from then on by themselves and they know how to clear their energy, and they know how to protect themselves, and they know the warning signs if something's getting close to them again. And Mm -hmm. that way they have tools to help themselves, and they don't have to live in fear, and they don't have to be dependent upon me. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll be there if if they need me. Um, I'm happy to do that, but I, I, I want to help people get on their feet and be able to stand on their empty feet for themselves and not depend on anybody or anything else to be protected. You know, I'm thinking about, I, I was born in the 70s, so my teen years were in the 80s, and of course, the most terrifying movie, the Amityville Horror, <laughs> is the mm-hmm. kind of experience that, you know, or the entity, I think, was one. Um, you know, there was a mm-hmm. lot of fear around the, that kind of uh, possession, the exorcism, mm-hmm. of course. The, you know, the 80s was right yeah. with all the movies about these spiritual things. Yeah. And, you know, I, it seems to me like the average family, uh, that family of three is not probably calling their agent to have a Hollywood movie made out of their life. This is something no. <laughs> that's probably deeply uh, challenging their belief systems to even have a conversation with someone about the fact that they've got uh, something happening in their, their home and their lives that right. defies a typical explanation. Right. Well, there's often there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of shame. Um, there's a lot of embarrassment. Um, they they don't want to tell their family. They don't want their friends to know because they might be looked at differently. They might be thought of, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're you're full of it. Um, so they're afraid of being ostracized. So they a lot of people by the time they get to me have lived with it for decades, mm-hmm. and they the the actual full blown possession is very rare. I've done a little over 600 cases, um, and out of those cases, I, maybe 10 have been full-blown, yes, there is someone else in that driver's seat, and I need to do a full-blown exorcism. So it's very rare. I don't want people thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get possessed. Mm-hmm. You know, the average person, attachment, yes, an attachment is very different 
it can influence you, but it cannot take over. At some mm-hmm. point, you have control to say, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Go away. Whereas possession, you, you are not in control. It controls you. It, it, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a, a carjacker throws you out of your car, gets in your car, and takes off. Well, it's still your car, mm-hmm. but someone mm-hmm. else is driving it. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, stigma behind it. And, and I have faced some stigma from the, the, the people in the psychic community for what I do because it's a misconception that because I deal with negative energy that, oh, I must have negative energy too. But that's not the case. I could not do what I do if I did not keep my vibration ultra high and very clean. Because mm-hmm. they will use anything against me that they can mm-hmm. to keep me from doing what I do. But I have no fear of them. Um, in fact, they, you know, I'm, I very much get outraged at the, the things that people go through before they get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very much in defender mode when I go in. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> Well, you know, I was giggling because that seems like a a very twin flamey role to take in terms of you know delving into healing work that others are not necessarily comfortable in dealing with. <laughs> right, know? right. Now, one of the most common things that you know people who are not as familiar with the psychic community or psychic readings, the first thing they'll say is, well, I I don't know about having a reading. I don't want to open myself up to anything. You know, there is a great deal of fear that interacting with psychics or one's psychic gifts is the quickest way to be possessed or led astray by some energy that means you no good. So a lot of people don't even open the door to receive a psychic reading service or spiritual counseling or whatever people label it because of that fear um, of in, engaging in this kind of community. Right. The, right. I, I, mean, I how understand do you, that because, you know, I, I, did, um, I did take psychic development classes. Um, I absolutely loved them. Um, I learned um, I learned a lot, but the one thing um, that is a common thread among everybody that has taken them from different teachers is that they don't really teach you proper setup and shutdown, and, and, and they don't teach you, okay, what happens if you do get something that, that pops through that's not good? How do you get rid of it? Um, mm-hmm. What do you do if, if – you know, things are hijacked, and how do you keep from having that happen? Um, You know, I had to learn the hard way, okay, whoa, I can't just jump in. I can't just turn it on and be ready to go. I have to pray. I have to ask for protection and guidance. I have to state I only want the truth, and anything else needs to be shut out, and I want to be protected from those elements. I also ask for my client's protection while we are in session and on their way there and on the way home, have them be divinely protected because, you know, yes, when you connect psychically, you are opening channels, you are opening doorways, and you Mm -hmm. need to do that responsibly. 
And many, many people just go, they just start doing it, and then they wonder why Mm -hmm. everything goes crazy. Right. It's because you're opening the door, but you're not setting those parameters of what are you opening the door to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that going in and having a reading, if your reader um, says a prayer before you start asking for guidance and protection, then that's wonderful. Um, Odds of anything bad happening are really slim at that point because you have Mm -hmm. set you know, that free will, we have set those intentions that we are only going to experience something good and we only mm-hmm. want guidance from the highest order. Right. Um, so I can understand why some people uh, don't want to open that door because if you haven't been taught, you know, how to set up and, and God forbid if something does come through, then what do you do about it? Because, I mean, that happened to mm-hmm. me. When, in the beginning, I, something jumped me. And I had an attachment, a very deep attachment that was nasty for about six months. And I Were went you aware at the moment? Oh, in, in the beginning, no. Um, mm-hmm. In the beginning, I just thought, hmm, I'm just kind of feeling a little negative. I'm feeling rather like PMS, um, just grumpy and hateful. And, and then I started... You know, and it sounds like like really horrible to me, and it is. But I started thinking of ways to kill my husband. Mm. Um, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not me. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it was like very graphically detailed visions I was getting in my head, and I'm like, oh my lord, this is not me. And I mm-hmm. went to several healers. Um, none of them wanted to help me. They are, we don't know how to take care of that, and we don't want you here because it might jump off of you onto us. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally found someone that, that helped um, tell me the right things to do, and it was just mm-hmm. a combination of things that I eventually, uh, you know, I got rid of it. And it was through mm-hmm. that experience that I'm like, oh, boy, okay. So there's a lot of people that need help with this and not a lot of people willing to step up and put themselves at risk. Well, hello. I'm sorry. It looks like we had a bit of a technical difficulty. My card uh, dropped. I'm looking to get uh, Glenda back on the area, um, on the phone. Just one moment. Okay, she is getting ready to call back in momentarily. I apologize for the disruption. I live near the airport, and you were not uh, there. Rather, yeah, sorry, a very large plane drove, uh, flew over, and then I heard dead air. So I apologize to the listeners <laughs> for that in, interruption there. So um, let's see. We were talking about the attachment that you finally were able to remove, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. did you feel immediately that it was gone? 
Yes. Um, I had gotten a, a salt bath um, from a, a local healer and psychic um, from the same metaphysical shop that I, I the book jumped off the shelf at me. And it was one of the, it's a, it's a nine, seven or nine day um, clearing bath, purification bath. And that last day, um, you know, I could feel things building. I, you know, I would get anxiety about getting in the tub, um, didn't want to get in the tub. And I tell you, just, you can make a movie out of this, and I still wouldn't believe it if it hadn't happened to me. I'm in the mm-hmm. tub, and I know this thing is fighting back because I can feel pressure, like someone standing on my shoulders. Like I had a big, giant bird with claws on my shoulders, digging into my shoulder blades. And I I told my husband, go get the Bible. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but go get my Bible and start reading. And Mm -hmm. my skin started burning as if the water was acid. And Mm. my skin turned bright red, and I was in agony. And this thing wanted me to get out of the tub. And I told my husband, We opened the Bible, found a passage, and quite honestly, I've literally never been able to find that same passage again, and I've looked repeatedly, Mm -hmm. but I told Mm -hmm. him to read and read out loud, as loud as he could, and don't stop until I told him Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And so he kept reading, and I kept demanding that this thing get out of me and go away, Mm -hmm. and I think we did this dance for about a good 10 minutes before I finally felt a pop on my shoulders. The pressure lifted off and my skin stopped burning and it, mm-hmm. my skin returned to normal at that point. Mm-hmm. And I knew at mm-hmm. that point it was gone. And I was so angry at what I'd been through that I, mm-hmm. I said out loud that I would help anybody that I came across mm-hmm. that had a similar problem. And I haven't stopped doing it since. Mm. That's one thing I noticed, that when you then open, it's like what you seek is seeking you, you know? So for those who yes. are so, seeking yeah, that's, that special. That's why I tell people, you know, that kind of experience is very rare. And if you are mm-hmm. looking for a demon, there is a demon going to find you. So mm. not every sign is demonic. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just things that want to appear that way to scare you, to have fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure if you're not crossed over, that being stuck on this plane of existence can get pretty boring. <laughs> so why not have fun yeah. with the people that you come across? But, you know, prank mm-hmm. them, mess with them. Um, but but the, the demonic thing, it, it is rare. Um, it's picking up. The more that we go up in vibration as a planet, um, mm-hmm. the more that that side of things is fighting back. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I know I've gotten busier, and my friends that also do this have gotten busier, and the cases have gotten mm-hmm. harder. Um, they've gotten mm-hmm. more complicated. Uh, so we really have to work a lot harder and be a lot smarter than them mm. in order to win. And really, that's so that what it is. It's about it's it's a deli- it's delivering someone from from pure evil. Um, that's what we're doing. 
And how do you then, is it just through your experience that you gain the tools, like you figured out or spirit gave you in the moment a new tool or something to use in that particular instance with the entity and then you remember it? Is it psychically downloaded? Yeah, it's both. Um, It's, you know, studying, learning, reading, um, because I use a blend of things, both Catholic, shamanic, um, crystals, uh, various different techniques. Um, I've taken bits and pieces of what I resonated with, mushed them together, and (laughs) it works for me. But a lot Mm -hmm. of times before I go, I will sit and meditate, and I ask for help. I ask for clear guidance. Okay, what do I need to do? What is the order of things I need to do? And I'm always given the exact procedure before I go. And Mm -hmm. some of these procedures are specific to that situation, and so they won't work Mm -hmm. on another person's situation. But a lot mm-hmm. of times I'll gain new knowledge that, oh, I can, I can hold on to this and I can use it again. Um, mm-hmm. So literally every single one I ask and seek out guidance before I go in um, mm-hmm. because I have better results because it's not just me. You know, it's, it's my guides, it's my team um, mm-hmm. that help me while I'm there. Well, you mentioned you've done over 600 um, mm-hmm. clearing since you began doing that. That is a huge volume, you know, of yeah. um, work. And if you're saying that it's oh, upticking, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, it is. Uh, do, do you work alone a lot of times or do you have a, uh, others that you combine with in some instances? Um, my husband is is uh, my assistant. Um, oftentimes here lately, though, he's out of town. While I, you know, when I get calls, I don't want to make people wait. So here lately, I have been doing it by myself. Okay. Um, just because he's, if you're not here, you're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he has assisted on, I would say, 90% of those and um, has always done a really big help. Now, um, do you teach classes currently? I do. I do. I have an office located within the City of Light complex. Um, mm-hmm. That's over Shambly Tucker in 85. Uh, mm-hmm. I have classes there, and I also have classes at various other places around Atlanta. Uh, periodically, I will actually go somewhere else and do a class. So geographically not everybody wants to come over to Doraville. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I will teach in Roswell. Um, sometimes I teach over in Stone Mountain. Uh, I have a friend that has a wonderful bed and breakfast that's delightfully haunted, and I can teach classes there um, <laughs> as well. Yeah, those <laughs> classes are fun because you've got the, the spirit interaction with what we're doing, which is, is quite a, a fun element as long as you don't mind dead people. <laughs> so what are some of the kind of classes that you're teaching? Oh, goodness, I teach um, various different levels of Reiki. Uh, I also teach um, about crystals and how to care for them, um, what you can use them for, you know, how to do a crystal grid and 
um, various things that you can use them for. I teach a class um, called the Survival Guide for the Highly Sensitive Person, and that mm. tells people – most people have never heard the term empath, and so when you tell them what they are and, oh, by the way, here's a test to show how sensitive you are, then we didn't – it's basically teaching what I learned to help myself so that I mm-hmm. was no longer sick and could function. Mm -hmm. Um, I also teach um, smudging classes where it's it's very detailed and the proper method for doing it plus a list of herbs and resins that are useful. Um, I also teach a pendulum class. Um, I teach a class on herbs and different um, healing concoctions that you can make out of various herbs. Um, Yeah, the the list is, is... quite long. Um, I teach a little tarot once in a while. Um, I, I have a lot of classes pretty much. If you ask mm-hmm. if, if I can teach it, I can teach it. Um, and if I don't know how to teach it, I'll find someone who can. Now, uh, people who want to connect with you to find out about your classes or your private services, how can they locate you? Um, I have a website, which is my name, GlendaEmory.com, G-L-E-N-D-A-E-M-O-R-Y.com. I also have a Facebook page by the same name, and I also have a little side thing for my products and different posts for the Mm -hmm. fairy fatic. Um, Yes. I make make smudge spray. I, I make smudge powder that's used for clearing a house. Uh, candles, you name it. Um, if it's for protection and clearing, I make it. Yeah, and I make you make organite too, correct? I yes, I do. But um, uh, there is a man who is local um, in Woodstock that got the the trademark for that name. So I'm mm-hmm. currently not um, publicly offering it. I will do one privately okay. for someone if they want one, but I, I haven't put them back up because I got a legal notice that I had to stop. Um, that is so interesting because uh-huh. I have seen other people who were making uh, organized mm-hmm. say the same thing that they have, yeah. you know, been receiving. I find that so very interesting, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. it's, well, you know, it's just healing. another negative. It's a negative person that wants to control things and keep people from doing what we do to help. Right. Um, and you know, he he got the trademark, so it's his right. Um, mm-hmm. Legally, it may not be ethical, but legally, he's within his right to do it. Um, but I still make it. Uh, I, I definitely, I've got some coming up that are supermoon manifestation pyramids that I put mm-hmm. the manifestation crystals out under each supermoon for three months. And oh, wow. in between, they go in a black velvet bag so that they don't, because the sun will clear the energy. Um, if you just leave them out laying around, they'll absorb whatever's around the house. So I put them away mm-hmm. in a way that they, they don't gain any different energy than what I want them to have. And mm-hmm. then I, I put them in a, in a pyramid, and they're really powerful. Well, it seems to me like you're having a great deal of fun 
in and amongst I the, am. Uh, the not so fun things that you're helping people with, but you're, you know, getting to put your hands on things and put your mind to things and meet lots of people. It seems like uh, as a full-time way of being that uh, it sounds rather wonderful. <laughs> it is. It is. I am absolutely delighted when I I help people and they say, my life is totally different because of you. Mm-hmm. I know that it is spirit guided. It's not me 100%. It's a little bit of me, but it's 99% spirit led. And mm-hmm. I have so much joy and fulfillment in seeing people go from miserable to happy mm-hmm. and fulfilled. It, that is just, that delights my soul. That's mm-hmm. the only way I can put it. It absolutely delights my soul, and I'm living my purpose with what I'm able to do. And I'm hugely mm-hmm. grateful to be able to, to do what I do and be where I'm at. We, one of the things that you mentioned, um, I'm looking at my notes here, that you did a great deal of healing your past life issues, traumas, and woundings at the beginning then yeah. of your post-psychic journey. Well, from what I do know of the twin flame journey is that that is the only way that you will really move into a place of being able to be in any kind of union with your twin is that you both have cleared all the garbage that would be between that connection and that this is lifetimes worth of, of, of things, reactions, Mm -hmm. responses, scars, uh, hurts that you may not even know that you were carrying until you realize you're triggered by that twin flame awakening. Can you Mm -hmm. speak to a little bit about what it's been like um, to to be on the twin flame path as well as your psychic path? Oh, I tell you, um, it's been the hardest thing that I've ever experienced. (laughs) Um, but the most wonderful thing I've ever experienced because without that catalyst, I would not have dealt in head first. I would not have realized that "Mm, there's a lot within me I don't like. There's a lot within me that's damaged, and I don't like being damaged, so let's find ways to fix it. And I'm one of these people that if there's a problem, I'm going to hammer at that problem until it is gone. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a totally different person um, since meeting my twin. And, you know, even though we did go our separate ways and we were only ever just friends, um, it, it really was, you know, it's what flipped that switch. It, it's what put me into high gear and made me realize that, you know, I am more than just a regular psychic, regular healer, regular empath, but twin flames, we're wired differently even than mm-hmm. the normal psychic community. Um, mm-hmm. So it comes with a whole host of other issues that other people don't experience ever um, because there are a lot of attacks. Um, by dark energies that don't want us to succeed in helping the planet because that's really 
what twin flames are here to do. It's it's not about the ultimate uh, soulmate union and the ultimate mm-hmm. romantic union. It's about hard work. It is about mm-hmm. elevating the planet on a vibrational level to allow us as a species to fully wake up and come into our full God-given potential mm-hmm. and be the creators that we are supposed to be. Right. And so there's a lot of forces that don't want us to succeed. And so it takes a very strong backbone and a lot of motivation to keep walking the same walk. And no matter how many times you fall down, you get back up because there's people waiting for you to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you just can't help and, but get back it, up because that. No, you can't <laughs> um, because you, if you do, if you don't get back up, you failed your mission. And you have failed mm-hmm. not just yourself, but you failed the entire planet. So that's mm-hmm. that's a heavy, heavy duty responsibility, um, and not everybody's up to the task, unfortunately. Absolutely. Well, I can yeah. definitely relate because my kind of awakening came in 2010, and then a connection with who I now understand as my twin in 2014. But I didn't know anything about, you know, that uh, twin flame. I think mm-hmm. I might have heard a few very, you know, very brief articles. It was not nearly the quantity of information that's out there now. You can't even get on YouTube right. without seeing somebody doing twin flame uh, readings yeah. and things of that nature. But it is definitely, yeah. um, you know, the the aspect of work, of intensity, that uh, goes into that is certainly, and with the kind of serious work that you're doing, if you're, you know, kind of specializing in negative entity uh, removal, you know, that's like highest order. And as I understand it, the, you know, the truest twin flame path is just that. It's, you know, very much the the way showers, the lighthouses, the front line, mm-hmm. um, and the first places to be within yourself to clear all that out of yourself and then you turn around and do that for others continuously until this particular incarnation is over you know right right and i do um i i I just literally put a, a something on my my website offering um twin flame healings but i don't charge more because it's twin flame it's the you know, all my prices are the same regardless, but I do have the unique ability to help clear those energies that are making it difficult for them to connect um, mm-hmm. because there are so many things that get in the way that need to be cleared and people don't realize that they need to be cleared. They're just like, mm-hmm. well, they won't talk to me. They avoid me. What is up with this? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, let's clear your energy, clear their energy mm-hmm. and clear the space between and then mm-hmm. the road is open for you to communicate. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, that takes months of, of daily clearing and clearing up past life issues, um, clearing up curses and spells and that kind of stuff. Um, it takes a lot of work to, to clear all the, the bad stuff that's blocking that that mission um, or that union. Mm-hmm. So, 
Well, and like you said, you don't really have a choice. Like you didn't choose to have your no. awakening. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no. You didn't uh, wake up for one day and say, I'm going out here to meet my twin flame, and then I'm going to become a battle warrior for, you know. <laughs> it's not something that you knew you signed up for. Of course, the soul has a knowing, but our our mm-hmm. regular veil of forgetfulness works pretty good, <laughs> you know. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, Absolutely. I'm really excited to hear that you are now offering uh, some twin frame services because um, in the Atlanta area, you know, I'm part of many groups online, but not so many uh, locally focused, but it seems like Mm -hmm. there is starting to be a movement where people are trying to connect locally to then be more supportive to each other instead of distance healing all the time. There's so many fakes. There's so many fakes out there that they are not real twin flames. They say right. they are, but they are not, and they're only in it for the money. They don't care if you are happy. They don't care if you, are, you know, go any further forward. All they want is your money, and they want to keep you in fear, and they want to keep you hooked so you keep coming back. And, and those drive me absolutely up the wall because I can look mm-hmm. at somebody and tell whether they're really a twin flame or not because of the way their energy mm-hmm. is. Well, you know, with the number and sheer number of people that I'm seeing that are talking about twin flame, you know, part of me says, well, I don't feel like what they're describing is twin flamey, but I also, I, you know, I feel like I just can't really judge what others believe their reality to be, right. you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and so it's kind of challenging for me, you know, because I, I guess loving self and then having loving union is is the twin flame and others have that same template mm-hmm. available to come right. into unconditional love. And it extends beyond ourself to everyone, to humanity really is the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But so much of the dramatic, uh, well, I'm cheating because this is my twin flame, you know, and that gives Mm -hmm. us permission to break vows that we've made and committed relationships and stuff. It just seems very troubling to me. Um, I I agree. I agree. And there's there's too many people that, that, you know, they want to be a twin flame, but they, because they think it's this romanticized version of the ultimate soulmate relationship. And it's not, it's, you know, if, if romance happens and, and it doesn't happen for every twin, sometimes you're meant to work together, but not be together. And Mm -hmm. people can't wrap their heads around that. And it's also, there's so many people that are lonely and seeking love outside of themselves that they think, oh, well, this twin flame thing, that'll complete me. That'll make Mm -hmm. me whole. But Mm -hmm. it does not. And you're either a twin or you're not. There is no in-between. And there is no I might be a twin. No, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is like a lightning strike when it happens. Right, right. And even then, I I, I questioned for years whether I really was one or not. Um, And it it really, it took me getting upset and severing every connection that I could. And the ones I couldn't sever, I I pulled them so thin you couldn't even see them. 
to where mm-hmm. I couldn't feel my twin. I, when I in 5D, I couldn't see him in my meditations anymore because I, I wanted mm-hmm. a break. I did not want to mm-hmm. feel his stuff anymore. And mm-hmm. I got very sick. And it took a friend coming in to see me and looked at me and goes, what the heck did you do? And I'm like, um, what? I played coy. <laughs> she goes, half your energy body's gone. Why oh, would you do half wow. of your energy body's missing? And I had been so sick for like three months. I just could not get my stuff together. My healings felt different. I felt lost. I felt alone. And my guides kept telling me to reconnect. And I'm like, shut up. I don't want to. <laughs> and she looks at me and says, I'm sorry, sweetheart. You've got to reconnect or you're going to be very sick for a very long time and you're not of use mm-hmm. to anybody. I'm like, fine. Mm-hmm. Can you help me connect it? She did. And I didn't realize until the next day, but I went home after all day of seeing clients, went home, still had energy. The next mm-hmm. day I got up and I was, it was like as I had had like 10 ex- espressos before I even got out of bed. I had so much energy, it wasn't even funny. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I will never question whether I am or not again. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way I can question it now to have that physical response. Right. Well, there's usually something that happens that is so undeniable <laughs> that you finally just, uh, as they say, surrender into <laughs> surrender into the mm-hmm. fact that oh Lord, I am connected yes. to this, you know. Uh, now, yeah. you, now your twin is not your husband, correct? No, no, unfortunately yeah. not. But like I said, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even in communication with mine at the moment. I haven't. I haven't been for about three years been right. just working on myself and uh, doing my own thing. Yeah. Well, for many people that, you know, there is this sense that they cannot fulfill them their life or their mission without coming into that romantic kind of aspect of the fairy tale story, whereas yeah. the story about many twins who are not in a romantic partnership who still met, triggered, have that love for each other that is just so deep it can't even be classified as romantic or otherwise, and they still, mm-hmm. you know, find their mission are joyful and happy in the connections that they have with the person they're with. Right. And it is what it is, that catalyzing moment is really when they say the trigger that changes the trajectory of your life, and then you go forward from that, never the same again. Right, so I think it's very right. interesting well, for you to share. I, I did have, I did have an akashic record reading um, back in April because it was one of those. Okay, I think I'm doing my mission, but I'm not sure, and I would like a second opinion as to what I think is correct, but it really is correct. And, and the dealing with the dark energies, that is our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for that part of it I've been doing for the last six, six and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I am working my mission by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband has filled in where, where I have needed help, um, and, and I'm eternally grateful for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's still my mission. It's still my path. It's not his path. He was filling in because I needed help and he was kind enough and good enough to help me. 
um, when mm-hmm. I needed it. But again, mm-hmm. you don't need the other person to fulfill your mission. You can right. do your part, <laughs> and if they show up, they show up. Um, but right. sitting around waiting, thinking that you can't do anything until they show up, well, you're shortchanging yourself. Um, mm-hmm. No, you should grow and continue to move forward with or without them, and, and eventually they'll either catch up with you or they won't. Mm-hmm. And, and being mm-hmm. so caught up in what they're doing is it's a waste of energy and a waste of time because we are them. If you focus on yourself, if you are mm-hmm. growing and you are changing, even though you may not see them or know what they're doing, they are growing and changing right along with you. And it may not be mm-hmm. at the same pace. They may not be at the same level, but by you focusing on you, and you mm-hmm. doing your mission and your job, they're going to eventually catch up. Mm-hmm. It just may not be mm-hmm. in the time frame that you want or expect. Right, it may not. It may not look like what you want it to look like either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the point is, what you do to yourself, you do for them. So if you're mm-hmm. healing your wounds and you're healing your inner child and you are becoming a whole, complete, strong individual on your own, they're mm-hmm. still, it's filtering down to them. So if you're abusing yourself and you're doing all kinds of stuff to hurt yourself, well, you're hurting them too. Mm. Well, and vice so versa. Inter- well, it's so interesting to me because that's, to me the things that you're saying about Twin Flame, they really just apply universally. You know, we are mm-hmm. to find our passion and that which we've been gifted to do, our natural thing that puts us in our happy space and that's in service to others generally. And we're supposed to find that happy, joy, love, regardless of whether you have a label of relationship, whether you're labeled as a psychic, whether you're labeled as a librarian you know, or a doctor. Find your happy place mm-hmm. and love yourself, and then your love of the energetic vibration that you hold will then attract to you that which resonates with you, you know, or repel that which does not. And that's just kind of universal. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with a label, a concept, or anything. It's kind of just like a universal law for this planet in this time, you know. Exactly, I, you know, yeah. I'm and the really next excited. one is what repels, what repels the dark the most? Unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Unconditional mm-hmm. love is the most nasty thing to them ever. <laughs> it's so counter to what they're about that it literally repels them. So you can mm-hmm. love them to death and they'll go mm-hmm. away. That is so key. I tell you, especially for these times, like you said, times are kind of getting uh, intense as things are shifting Mm -hmm. and filtering out on the various levels. And I was arguing with someone the other day in a friendly way, but it's like you don't fight, you don't battle or war. Those are all energies that match the energy that you are trying to repel away from you. And so the opposite of that is, you know, that's not to say that you don't work in opposition, but you're naturally in opposition if you hold that 
unconditional loving vibration of an embrace right. rather than a, a fist in yeah. return. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah, that that unconditional love that gets me in trouble sometimes because I love everybody I meet. I mean, the minute I meet mm-hmm. you, I absolutely love you and adore you. And I forget <laughs> that people still hurt people and when they do something crappy I'm like, Whoa, where'd that come from? And mm-hmm. so it, it can be very shocking. Um but I still I'm not gonna change who I am or, or I love everybody. And I always will. Doesn't matter what background you have, doesn't matter what color you are or what you do in your private time. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're you're a person, mm-hmm. you have a beautiful soul and I'm gonna show you unconditional love even if no one ever in your life has before. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. But we are getting to the last half hour of the show, and you have agreed to provide on-air uh, readings for callers this evening. I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, certainly, uh, it's always an interesting opportunity for me to be a fly on the wall as well as our listening audience. And for callers <laughs> who are holding, who have questions, uh, do remember that um, these are for public consumption. And so I do appreciate you allowing your you know, inner conversation to be heard by the public. But if there's a, any point that you wish to, you know, kind of stop the reading, then you certainly will be given information to be able to contact Glenda after the show for more intense and personal private um, kind of session because sometimes you just really don't know uh, where Spirit is going to tell you the the message is <laughs> since you're listening at that time. So I thank you all for being willing to, you know, come on the air. And, Glenda, do you have any guidelines for the callers as we start this last segment? Um, just for time's sake, go ahead and have a question ready. Um, you know, general readings take a little more time, um, and I think in just in deference to the time that we have, focusing on something individual is going to be a lot faster and more efficient. Um, I don't sugarcoat, um, so I'm just going to state it exactly the way it's delivered to me, and that way you get exactly what your guides want you to know. And no topic, for me, no topic is off limits. Um, but again, you know, whatever you want out public, just realize that you're going to get it. And I wanted to just, uh, before we start also again, give your website is glendaemory.com, and then they can Correct. also find you on Facebook. Um, at the Fairies Attic is one page. You also have a business page under Glenda Emery, I can't recall. It's a personal page, but I do okay. have people reach out to me under it. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, definitely uh, if you're looking for the Atlanta, you know, Glenda Emery, and then through her website, do you have an email address as well? Mm-hmm. It's my name, Glenda Emery at gmail.com. Okay, excellent. Well, I do know we have a caller up who has a question and then a reading question. So it's a two-part conversation here. Caller, area code 845, you're on the Psychic Inside Show. Who am I speaking with? Hi, uh, it's Catherine, and thank you. Thank you so much for um, taking my call. 
Um, I, I think you, you just, in the last part, um, answered what my question was. I was um, going to ask if there was anything you could do to prepare to meet your twin flame. Um, uh, but I think you just answered that with having, you know, the unconditional love for yourself. That is true, and, and thank you for um, for calling in, Catherine. I appreciate it. Um, it actually, that is the ultimate is unconditional love, but it's also digging deep and healing all of your wounds, healing all the things that trigger you and why you get triggered because it's we're mirrors for them. So if we have not cleared up ourselves, they're going to reflect our junk right back at us. And oftentimes that reflection, um, we think they're the ones that are making us feel this way. So we blame them for how we feel. But really it's our own stuff that we're mirroring back to ourselves. So clearing your energy, maintaining um, a very high vibration, that does come with unconditional love. That, that is a vibration of its own. But really working your stuff, really healing those deep, deep core wounds um, and doing some, you know, clearing karma, uh, clearing past life issues. Those are all what's necessary because you have to clean out all the junk before you can meet each other in in unconditional love. If you still have junk, it can't happen. Wow. I, I just, I have to thank you for that. It was so inso- so informative and just so beautiful. Like, you put it in a whole new perspective for me that it wasn't like it's not the, you know, slow motion run towards each other for this, like, you know, <laughs> you know, over-sugar-coated <laughs> union that yeah. it's like to benefit yeah. the planet. And I just think that's so brilliant, you know, and it's, I just I just love that. It reminded me like, you know, of like if this was like um a business show, they would call it like a power couple, you know. Mhm. But it mm-hmm. just seems like, you know, the spiritual terminology for it. So I just I just love it. I just have to thank you. It was such a powerful and informative um discussion that both you ladies gave tonight. So I just have to thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, you're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, the twin flame phenomenon is it's so it's been so muddied by so many different you know opinions out there and pushing the romance you know and and you say publicly you say not every twin is meant to be in a physical romantic relationship with their other twin and you get attacked because people Mm -hmm. don't want to hear that. Now, that does not mean it can't happen, but that, in the scheme of things, that's not the priority. That is not how the creator set this up. You know, we volunteered to do this, and we we, we really are the the way showers, and we're the the forerunners and and pioneers of everything um, that has to do with this. And so it's not an easy journey. It's very hard, and it's a lot of hard work, and it takes dedication to not give up and say, heck with it, this is just too hard. And I I have said that a few times. It's just, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. But 
I say that, and then I'm flooded with signs of, you know, you're a twin flame, you're a twin flame, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll get back on track and keep working. Um, and, and it really, it eventually you you don't have to work so hard. Eventually, when you get through with mm-hmm. most of your stuff, it gets easier. Um, there's a level of peace and acceptance that and surrender that occurs when you reach a certain point. And, and I would love to help anybody reach that. I mean, even if they're not twin flames, having that feeling um, is a wonderful thing. And, and I definitely was not born with that feeling. I worked very hard to get where I'm at um, emotionally and energetically. And it does take a lot of work, um, but it's so worth it. It's just, it's so worth it. Uh, and would you say, would you say, um, Glenda, that there are some things that until you actually then meet your twin will not be triggered, that you can yes. kind of move the ball so far and then until that actual then uh, magnetism starts to Zing, zing, zing! Then mm-hmm. you realize, oh my God! Absolutely, I thought I had cleared this. <laughs> right. Well, there's things when you when your energy and their energy intersect, when your auras connect, there are energies that are turned on. There are things that happen when you when you connect. You don't even have to touch your twin, and it's going to flip switches and turn things on, but. One thing I absolutely love, I I seem to attract other twins. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know why. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm meant to help them or something. But I know when I get together with another twin that I feel a difference after coming in contact with them. And they're not my twin. They are a twin. Right. And gathering together there's things that happen to me and them energetically that I, you know any twin that I know that says hey you want to meet up I'm like heck yeah because <laughs> I feel fantastic after I meet with them and my vibration goes through the roof and it'll mm-hmm. stay that way for several days without any effort on my part so it's actually quite nice um, <laughs> it's quite the energetic high and it's really, really beautiful. Um, the, the manifestation abilities during that phase are just off the charts. Mm-hmm. So I wholeheartedly think that until you physically meet your twin, even if you only ever meet them once and that's it, you never see them again, they're going to catalyze you in ways that until you meet is not going to happen. Now, Catherine, have you met your twin, or are you feeling that you're a twin, and have you met your twin? I believe, um, actually, what you just said was spot on for me. I think I did meet them once. It was fleeting, um, but the imprint um, that was felt, I still feel it till till this day. Um mm-hmm. I I do believe we'll meet again. If it'll be romantic, great. If not, you know, I understand too. But I do feel I do feel that I am a twin, yes. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you, Catherine. Your energy um is similar to other twins that I've met. 
Um, oh, we, we are just we're wired differently. Um, we have our our heart chakra, and there's a higher heart chakra. Yeah. There's a cord <laughs> that goes from our heart chakra to their heart chakra, but those two, the little minor higher heart and the regular heart chakra, are joined. They're merged into one big chakra. Um, so that is how you can tell if you see energy, you look at someone, they have a massive heart chakra with a silver cord coming out of it, they're a twin. And they're a twin that has a twin in body because not everybody has a twin in body, but we all have a twin. Um, it's just not all of us are going to have one that's physically here in this plane while we're in this body. Mm. I've but heard that before, like one decides to stay back so they could help them, the other with, yes. you know, earthly tasks. Yeah, I've yes. heard that. And I've it, heard that. Wow. What I've been told by my guides, and, and granted, I am not the be-all, end-all expert on everything, but I've never had my guides tell me something that I could not prove. Um, and they said that, you know, when... God created us, or whoever you want to say created us. Um, when we, our souls came into being, we split and two complete souls. But mm-hmm. we're linked. We're always linked. One stays behind to continue learning and growing on the other side. One of us goes over here, and it is so our souls can ascend faster so that we can grow faster because we're learning at twice the speed. And we share and swap knowledge when we get back to the other side. Um, and so those of us that have twins in body um, are different. Um, we're unique in, in the twin mm-hmm. aspect um, because we have volunteered to go through this. And that's in helping I've humanity. had – that's – that's just like like that's amazing, and I don't know this just kind of struck me um like could it be when you hear people say, "Oh, I have a muse like is that mm-hmm. a possible example of a twin as well, like you know <laughs> like somebody that they might not even be in a relationship with, but they just inspire like all this art from them, yeah, um, and I don't believe so because the twin phenomenon it, it's not only inspiring but it is magnetic, it is overwhelming um almost to the point of obsession when you first meet them um, because they, you know, they're in your every thought. No matter what you're doing, they're always in the back of your head. Um, You can feel what they're feeling. You know what they're thinking. Um, You know where they're at. All you have to do is just close your eyes and and there they are. Um, Mm -hmm. A muse can change. Um, An artist can decide, "Hmm, okay, I'm tired of that type of art. I want to go do try something new. Their muse might change. So a muse is not that. That's just inspiration. That's not going to hold you through the heavy duty stuff. Just in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I will speak up and say that in my conversation, just just like yesterday or day before with my twin, the whole term muse. And the whole uh, idea of being inspired to, you know, like co-motivating each other in our mm-hmm. journeys that we're having, 
and we're not in like 3D union per se physically because we live in different cities. But so that when you said mm-hmm. muse, I started giggling because we do have that kind of playful conversation just recently, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I could just well, and I'm not, I'm point not, and your point too. <laughs> you know? I'm not doubting that we inspire them because um, you know my twin and I are both artists. Um, we're both glass artists. And Mm. I challenged him to think of, you know, because he was classically trained. Um, At Mm. the age of five, Mm. he started working in his his parents' um, stained glass studio. But I come in with no stained glass background, and I want to make this in stained glass. And he's like, that can't be made in stained glass. I'm like, yes, it can. You (laughs) can do it. And he would literally draw what was in my head without me actually really speaking it. Um, so I know that I inspired him. I pushed his boundaries as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can be their muse, but I think in a broad sense of it, mm-hmm. most muses are not twin flames because the, the twin flame phenomena is actually kind of rare. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of us out there that are real. And one of the reasons why I asked you, Catherine, about your twin flame experiences when you asked about what you can do to prepare, because I know many, well, not many, but more than often, I'll know people who have received dreams or psychic Mm -hmm. awareness that they are going to be meeting someone. And in my case, that's what happened to me years before I ever actually came into meeting, I was getting these strange things that I didn't call psychic at the time, but when I look back, I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, that's what I want to know, because some people are like, well, I know that I have a twin coming, but I've never met them. I don't know what they look like other than from my dream space. I know what their mm-hmm. energy feels like, but I don't know anything yeah. else, and I'm trying to go ahead and get ready because I know it's coming. That's why I asked mm-hmm. you about that. Yeah. yeah, 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 no, so, it, it, it's true. That's very perceptive. I have had the dreams. Like, for instance, um, I never, like, I literally just spoke to him um, once for, like, two minutes. And it was years ago. And then years later, I have this dream, um, oh, um, I have to go pick up my son today. And I didn't, you know... I didn't think anything of it. Well, lo and behold, I come to find out um, just through social media and not even looking for him. It just, you know, kind of came up because of similar circles. This person has a son. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, no, I totally believe in the dream connection. I totally believe in that. Well, Glenda shared, you know, her ripped off the veil of her psychic gifts and they it wasn't just her twin, it was everybody. Then all of a sudden she was hearing and seeing and sensing all that. I think some people just don't recognize, they feel like it's just limited to that connection rather than to mm-hmm. say, well, you know what, This since I can do this, I can do this. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> that kind of catalyst experience that um, that. Again, that trigger, that was so interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, it can be unpleasant, but it's like a baby being birthed. You know, it, it doesn't want to necessarily leave the womb, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. And after that, 
Life is different. There's no going. There's no going back. <laughs> yeah, and and you typically you meet them when you are a vibrational match, and the the runner chaser phenomenon is typically when you are no longer a vibrational match but are still trying to hold on to them. You literally repel them, and so you have to separate. To work on your own stuff and become, and you won't come back into contact with one another until you are a vibrational match again. And that is where cleaning house, getting all your junk out, um, is mm-hmm. what helps you become a vibrational match again. Wow. Now, Catherine, did you also have a reading question? I I did it. If you don't mind, it's it's off topic though. Is that okay or fine? What we're just in the reading portion. That was a lovely. uh, Thank you for bringing that point up. I always love when callers want to actually have conversation in addition to the reading. So thank you for sharing of your story. Oh, thank you. I think both you ladies are are so wonderful, and the work that you're doing is truly to be commended and. Um, you know, so often overshadowed by other things, and so I, I really do like. I, I think it's so sad that you know, it, um, you know, thought begets reality, and it's so sad to see that the world is kind of focused on the opposite end. So I thank you for, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on on the thoughts first. You know, the, the proper order. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think it's so. so crucial what can that I answer for you that, right? today? Thank you. Um, yes, I, I have a, a project um, that I I kind of reworked, um, and I was wondering if now it's, you know, um, I want to say good enough or proper enough to get out there. Like, I've, it's taken years, and I, you know, I, I reworked it, and I finally, like, I want to get it on its legs next year. So I was wondering if it's in the proper Incarnation, the right incarnation now, finally to yes. get it out there and start working. I mean, working when with you it. say you've when you say you've reworked it, you've reworked this several times. Like mm-hmm. You picked it apart pretty good and put it back together. Um, and the yes, you this is. And what I'm hearing is, don't wait till next year unless it's just a financial thing um, or you're mm-hmm. not ready. But it is ready. You know, that, oh, that baby is ready to be born, and if you're ready, do it. Um, now is, is a really good time to go ahead and start um, because you've got the, the energies of the, the eclipse. You've got the energies of September was a huge month of creative force, um, but you've also got the equinox that just happened, and you'll have that creation, manifestation, energy behind you into, I believe, December 21st. So it's now is as good a time as any. And in, in wow. fact, more so because of all, you've also got the super moons um, over the next few months that those are mm-hmm. lending energy to creating and to manifesting. Um, especially they're great for manifesting abundance and and prosperity so this is an excellent time uh, to go ahead and push that project out there and you will have the right people to help you 
they're wow. already waiting for you. Wow. They just they don't they just they don't know that they're waiting for you, but they're already waiting for you. Oh wow. I'm supposed to um there is I'm I'm sorry, am I am I talking too much? Should I um let you move no. on? Just say thank you. You're good. Um I feel You're like good. I could just talk to you guys for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well we've got about six I, minutes, so <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, it. I was wondering if it's um, there's this company that's linked to my other project. If I should continue working with them, if those are the people that you're seeing when you say they're I'm already. I'm seeing a new team. No, I'm seeing a new team. Uh, um, fresh, new, aggressive is what I'm seeing, and that's what you need for this to get off the ground properly. Um, okay. You don't want a company that is, I don't want to say complacent, um, but they're not, the one that you're with now is not aggressive enough um, to push mm. it. Like, they'll I agree. push it. I agree. But it'll take them, it'll take them a lot longer for it to get in the, in, in, in front of people that need to see it. Um, so they're just, they're, they just are not going to push it hard enough. And you really need that that young and hungry company that really wants to work hard for you. I agree. I can't say how fantastic you are. Wow. Both of you, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, I can't wait to see what you do because, you know, the, the project, I know you have picked it apart and picked it apart, and you still have the urge to pick it apart again. And I say, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. You save me a lot of nights of restless uh, <laughs> turning yes, in my bed. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. You have picked that thing apart and remade it, restructured it, perfected it. It it, it is perfection, and and that is all you need to lead with, and and you'll be great. Mm. Thank you. Well, Catherine, thank you. thank you so much for being part of our show tonight. I hope that you'll join the Facebook community for The Vibrarian and also check out Glenda at the Fairy's Attic. I appreciate your willingness to come on the show this evening and for your support of listening. Thank you so much. Thank you both thank so you, much. Catherine. Many blessings to you both. Thank you both. You all are you're so wonderful, both of you. So many oh, blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Catherine. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Glenda, this has been wonderful, uh, Glenda, having you on the show this evening. Thank you. I just appreciate the conversation so much, and I agree with the other people who said they've learned a lot from you. I would definitely be checking (laughs) out your classes because I was like, Crystal, yep. Magic, yeah. You know, I go into this mental checklist, like, yeah, I want to go to that class, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that you live in Atlanta like I do, so I could, uh, now that I've, that I've would, seen you for many years, to be able to yeah, catch you well, I would person. definitely love to come to your next event. 
Oh, yes. I'm hoping to get an elevation station scheduled here. My last venue wound up getting booked up on me. So I'm hoping to have a fall elevation station for those of you listening that live in the Atlanta area. These are a part metaphysical fair and holistic expo and part psychic fair. So there's two sides of the house, so to speak, during the event. There are readers who are offering a variety of services on one side, and people who make products and vend healing uh, gifts that they make from their creative spirit, uh, from, you know, crystals, jewelry, body products, healing products. And so, Glenda, I think I would love for you to bring some of your wares because I've heard great things about those as well. And I do want to mention people can find the Fairies Attic on Etsy. If you're an Etsier, definitely go check out her store over there because I'm sure you have quite a bit of rotation of your uh, your inventory. But I was eyeballing some of the (laughs) I just added some uh, pure 100% pure beeswax candles on there today. Um, But I've got my soaps and I've got um, uh, I've got all kinds of things on there. I just don't have the uh, the organite listed at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. been kind of wrestling with what the heck to call that stuff now. Um, right. But uh, it'll, it, once I figure it out, I'll get it back up there. Well, I just encourage everyone to connect with you, and I'm glad that I'm connected with you, and I thank you for your time this evening. As we close, is there any parting nugget of wisdom that you would have our listeners to take away from learning about Glenda Emery's experience this evening? Just stop suffering. You don't have to suffer and be miserable. Life is not supposed to be miserable. You can be happy. You just got to do a little work to get there. And that work pays off in ways that you cannot imagine. But stop mm. suffering. It's not necessary. It just isn't. That's very good advice. <laughs> very good advice. Thank you, Glenda. And for our listeners, I just would like to invite you to come back next Tuesday for another episode of the Psychic Inside Show. Um, We've got several weeks of guests scheduled already, so I'm really excited to keep bringing these conversations to you. And then also on Thursday evening is the Vibrarian Show, same channel, same phone number. And we just talk about various subjects of interest. We've talked about Akashic Records, moon manifesting, astral projection, dream symbols, This Thursday, we're going to be talking about DMT, the DMT journey, and the medicine path. And for those of you who don't know about DMT, uh, you know, it's going to involve, we're going to talk about ayahuasca and peyote and sapo or frog medicine and the ways that psychedelics can, uh, people have experienced awakenings through the psychedelic pathway. And I have a couple people who are shamans and a medicine man and a shaman and other folks who have experienced and also provide medicine journeys for people who are going to be on my guest panel, and that's this Thursday. So I do hope you'll tune in. So for this evening, Glenda, I thank you again, and I look forward to having 
continued connection with you. And for all of you who are listening, I hope that this week you have all of the blessings that you can possibly hold till overflowing, till it spills out on those around you. The light in me recognizes the shining light in you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for having me on. Thank you.